Thanks for joining us for the podcast. It is Live Transform with Dr. Jim Richards, myself, Bob, and my wife, Audrey. So glad again that you are with us. Episode number 272. Yeah, we hope you're having um, a great day so far. Mm -hmm. I love thinking about you and where you're listening to, to this from, you know, your home or you're on a walk or a drive or whatever that is. But these are the moments where I just, I just loved, like we all tell ourselves stories all the time. And I tell myself the story that I just love technology. Instead of, you know, there's sure mm-hmm. there's corruption, sure there's, we could call it evil and all that. Right. But then I think of a moment like right this minute and I go, I love tech. I love <clears> that <throat> I can appreciate technology and I have a yep. great relationship with technology. I, and I use technology for good things, you know, and, and that's yep. such a blessing. Like, why not? Well, you know, that's one of the things that I emphasize so much is, is there, there's nearly Nothing. There are very few things that in and of themselves are actually sin right. or actually evil. evil. Yes. It's, it, it always gets into how, what's my intention? Right. What is my purpose? Right. And so, you know, when, when everybody, you know, was criticizing the, the Internet and, you know, I, I think the Internet is, is, is a meeting place for some of the dumbest people in the entire <laughs> world. I think I think I think people who have been stupid all of their life finally said, I can tell everybody in the world how stupid I am now. <laughs> and so, you know, that that's that's pretty annoying. But at the same time, uh, when in all of history have we been able to take the gospel to so many people all over the world uh, and, and not not spend a fortune? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's just been a miracle. It really is. And I appreciate yep. the how handy it is to find scriptures. I love Google. I like, I shouldn't say the word Google, but I love searching for stuff. <laughs> we can get into all kinds yeah. of things. Like I am yeah. thankful <laughs> for the, that I live in this year, in this, this era, because yep. I get to find stuff really easily. By the, by the way, I just looked up, I looked up how many episodes you said we had done. Yeah. So that's, that's five years and probably about three months. Well, of every yeah. day. Wow. I'm just doing this. Just doing this yeah. every week. Uh, wow. And, and that doesn't count the that doesn't count the however many decades we did it on television before this. Yeah. All right. I know. I love it. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. And you know what? I get good reports from people that listen to this. And I am so, so uh, thankful that we have an audience and, mm-hmm. a, and an audience that's getting it, that's growing Me with too. it, that's learning with mm-hmm. it. And so, I love that it's alive so because we, when I tell people about this yeah. um, podcast, I tell them to start with number one because we start with healing of the broken yeah. heart. And it, and I have had people in the last year and a half listen to absolutely every episode, all 260 yeah. whatever episodes and started, they started right at the beginning. So if you're just, you know, I don't know who, you know, as you're listening, if you haven't listened to some of those earlier episodes, you know, they were really profound how we yeah. got into that healing the broken heart and just some of the details we went into. And you know, for the you know, for people who really want to minister to people, and that they feel like that they don't, maybe they personally don't know how effective they could be. Mm-hmm. Man, go back and find things that we've talked about, and send the links to people that you think could be helped yeah, by. Yeah, exactly. And, and th- this way, this way, you know, you're just you're just introducing them to. to uh, three people sitting around talking and having a good time, but it opens a door for you to be able to minister. Totally. To and that's the other thing about technology. There's now a library of 272 podcasts that are yep. accessible at any time. You know, think about, you know, a hundred years ago, a library of that kind of conversations or, you know, it just was not, it, it was just a lot didn't of cassette happen. tapes. 
<laughs> That's a lot of cassette tapes is right. <laughs> you know, I, I have, as far as I can tell, and I haven't looked in a while, but I think I have over 2,000 free videos on our website. Wow. And we have them, we have them separated by, Categories, you know, by yeah, topics. Yeah. yeah. And so people can go in there and just anything that they want to research. I probably got something on our website about it. It's it, there I, for it's free true. and it's there to share I with other people. I love that, Jim. And the other thing, you That's know, amazing. we get a lot of requests, you know, to come to see us for intensives, you know, for these three days. And sometimes we can't fit people in. And I said, you know what? I'm telling you, we have uh, another weekly podcast, as most of you know, called All About Relationships. If you actually mm-hmm. started at number one, I think we're at, I don't know what number we're at at this point, but a lot, 140 or something. If you started at number one and actually listened to this podcast together in the same room and after Mm -hmm. each podcast, you talked about confirmed thoughts, new ideas and applied to life. Those three things. If you talk to each other about what thoughts were confirmed, new ideas that you got and how we're going to apply this to our life. You would you receive an entire intensive. Just just go through that by yourself. You know, it's free. Oh, it's yeah. free. It's yeah. available. Start at number one. That's what I keep saying. You know, start Ooh. at number one and get this. Anyway, it's just fun. I don't know how we kind of got on a little rant yep. there, but um, no, I love I, to. Know, I just no, want to start I with technology. It, I think it's very- it's very purposeful that we share these things with people because, again, not everybody can get off of work and fly in for an intensive. You know, uh, there's all kinds yeah. of there's Limited, all kinds of yeah. barriers and restrictions, but anybody can get online for free mm-hmm. and go through exactly. this exactly, and uh, you know, sit down together, husband and wife, sit down together, and and really solve some major problems. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that we did that. She went down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Me too. I love it. Well, I'm kind of referencing our previous podcast. There was the one thought was, you know, curse or blessing. Mm. And speaking about Deuteronomy 28, 29 and 30, you know, and the, the idea and the concept of, you know, you choose life. And, you know, just in our introduction here, this is a choice that we can all make. Yes. And what we want to do is choose life. Yes. There's a thought today, I think, that we could take some time and kind of debunk. And as we go along this 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 journey here, and it's simply this. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you know, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I don't know why that made me laugh. No, but I mean, we, we've we've heard that, and uh, my uh, open heaven is too extreme. Yeah. I mean, I, I have such an open heaven that I I'm not even on earth anymore. You know, right. and so we do want to talk about that. You know, today about yeah. what is it to truly be spiritually minded? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, you know, the one of the really interesting things in, in my in my coaching group that I have. Uh, the last few weeks, uh, and, and it's taken me a few years of coaching these people to get them to where they can even think in a way to start unraveling some of the ways that the world system has them has them bound up, mm. deceived. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the world system, one of the things that's interesting, when we think about the world system, I, I think, I think, I, I don't even know if people even realize that, that they're really really is a world system and that world system is designed to do one thing you know jesus said in john 10 10 the thief comes not but still kill and destroy i've come that you might have a life and have it to the fullest well 
when we read that passage of Scripture, nearly everyone will uh, think that Jesus is talking specifically about the devil, hmm. the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy, hmm. and he's not. Uh, now, yes, we know the devil is a thief. We know he's a murderer. We know that uh, he's a liar. But, uh, uh, and, and that influences in the world. But the real truth is, in, in the context of what Jesus is talking about, the, the person that's trying to destroy you, which more times than not is you more than it is anybody else. You know, we, we destroy ourselves. But it, it is the person who is attempting to get the benefits of the sheep of the sheepfold, in other words, you know Jesus Jesus likened us to a sheepfold, and he's the door, and you know this is where you know this gets into the concept of him being the way, the truth, the life, and and you know again we read scriptures like that, and it just doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean mm -hmm. anything to us. We you know we don't think about what that means. We don't prayerfully seek for ways to to bring that forth or develop that into our life, but. But he, but he's he's the he said, and I've got this sheepfold, and I'm the door, and and whatever you whatever you need, you you come through me to get it, and anybody that tries to offer you any of the benefits that Jesus is has offered us is actually functioning under the Antichrist spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, when when we think of the Antichrist. Uh, you know, we because in the Bible you see the word antichrist. That's what it says it in the English. And so you think about anti as being something that is openly, against. aggressively yeah. against something. But actually, the word anti in the Greek that's being used is more about substitute, a substitute right. or an alternative. alternative. Yes. And so, so the, an antichrist spirit is is something that offers you uh, a substitute, and it's usually going to be a reasonable, logical mm -hmm. substitute that is going to make sense to us the way we have been conditioned yes. to think. Right, right. And so, and so, very covert. Once, <laughs> yeah. And 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 I'm not going to go too far down this, but this is essential for us to understand. You know where we're going to go today. So, and so Jesus is saying. Any person that tries to offer you anything that you're supposed to get from him, or if you yourself are trying to get what he has offered us, other uh, any other way than going through him personally, right, right, right. then in reality you are being influenced by antichrist yes, thought. Yes, because yes. you are you are coming up with a substitute, yes. whether it's uh, yourself, whether it's himself. your own strength, yeah. or or yes, yeah. I get it, mm -hmm. and it. Now, it, and it, 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 it is thievery be, because yeah. it's robbing from you and you're, you're trying to, you know, benefit or get it or bring it to your life. But there is only one way. There is a door. That, and uh, so, again, yeah. uh, Jesus really is the way. Uh, and there in John 10, Jesus says, I'm the one that I can choose. I choose to give yeah. my life, to lay my life down. Yeah. And no one's taking it from me. This is my choice. And, you know, and this is what he and the father had for, for us. And he says, I, yeah. I will redeem and make a way for you. So, you know, last, I think it was last week, you know, we were, we were talking about prayer mm -hmm. uh, and we were talking about, uh, you know, people using formulas. 
people thinking that if they just tack on in the name right, of Jesus yes, we at did the talk end about of the that. prayer, yes. then that then that's kind of that that should fix everything up. But the truth is, a formula is a substitute for personal interaction. Yes. In other words, so a formula is really uh, a formula works from the idea of an incantation. It actually, it's actually something very evil if you really want yeah. the truth to use a formula. It's no different than to magic, use than Jesus' a magic name. Potion. Yeah, you know, a matter of fact, uh, when I was doing my undergraduate work, we had to take a course in cults, and we had to study uh, all the world's major religions and and you know uh, cults that claim to be Christian, this sort of thing. And I will never forget, I was reading. Uh, in this particular book that we use, the prayer that Satan worships worshipers use to conjure up demons. Mm. And they actually conjure up demons in the name of Jesus. They use his name as their basis for, you know, for authority. Uh, and so they feel like using his name actually gives power or credence to this incantation. And man, I'll tell you, you know, that was 70, that was way back 75, probably. <laughs> and from that time until this time, I have constantly sought to understand in my own life and ministering to people and helping people in my prayer life, uh, really, what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? But one thing I got out of it is, is what it, one thing it absolutely doesn't mean is I can't just use his name as a part of a magic formula and think that because I am using his name without without faith in what that name means, without faith in, in, in his finished work, uh, that that I can just use his name and God owes me an answer to to my prayer. Yeah. And so <clears throat> so you know you start you start realizing how much do we do that we call prayer? And I'm, I'm, I'm recapping a little bit of the last time to, to take us into, into where we're going to go. But, but you, start, you start thinking, how much of what I do to try to, quote, quote, move God, which the minute you try to move or influence God, you are now in dead works. Mm. You're trying to get God to respond to you instead of looking back and say, wait a minute, what has he already done through the Lord Jesus? Uh, but even on a greater scope than that, we are le- we're leaving out any personal interaction between us and the Lord Jesus. It's, it's like, you know, I don't even need to talk to you, Jesus. I know the formula. I know what I'm supposed to say. So I'm really not going to be listening to you. I'm not going to be paying attention to you. You're just supposed to do what I say wow. because I'm tacking your name what? on That sounds like a user. That's a user relationship. It is a user. Yeah. It, it is a user. It, it really, it kind of eases over into the concepts of witchcraft yeah. and, you know, like I say, incantations and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, one of the questions I, I would like for everybody that's listening to us to consider um, is when you are praying and you, you, you want, you know, you're praying and, 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 you know, you're trying to understand what your version of praying in the name of Jesus is what it looks like. How many times when you're praying are you in your own heart uh, making sure that you're basing all of what you're uh, praying about, you're basing every bit of it on what you know for a fact Jesus 
personally accomplished for you through his death, burial, and mm-hmm. resurrection, and that you participate in it because you have faith in the death, burial, and resurrection? Mm-hmm. Or, or are you just leaving him out and saying the formula? You know what? I think that because I think the truth of heaven and everything that Jesus is should start to become our natural experience and our reality on earth just because of our walking and talking with Jesus, which is prayer. Like, I think that now we should be naturally spiritually minded. We should naturally, it's not about how much I pray, but it's, it's, it's being with Jesus all the time. Like the, 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 when Paul said, you know, 24 seven, we're praying all the time, pray without ceasing, or I don't know who said it. I thought it was Paul, but, um, that that's becoming more and more. uh, I have more of a deeper understanding of that all the time. I'm literally nope. living with him 24-7, so conversation is easy. But then spiritually minded is what you're saying is we've got we've got to be in agreement or somehow, I think the last thing you said is be in agreement with everything who he is and what he's saying in, in order yeah. to be spiritually minded. Like we can't, we can't just say in the name of Jesus if we're having all these terrible sentences and saying all nope. these things and then we just say in the name of Jesus so that clears it up and purifies it somehow. And makes it pure. You know, I, the kind of picture that just flashes in my mind would be like if, a, you know, if I had a need in my life, and I felt like Bob had the capacity to help me solve this yeah. problem. You know, I, I would go to him, look him square in the eye, talk to him about my situation and, and try to understand uh, what he could do to help me yeah. with this, I, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't send him a text. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't write him a letter, and I sure wouldn't go mm-hmm. and never look him in, in the eye and just you know go through some kind of little ritualistic thing. I would want it to be personal interaction yeah. between me and somebody that I trust and that I have a relationship with. But see, we don't really do that with Jesus very much. We, we, we kind of bypass the personal involvement with him. And again, and, and you know, we said this last week, uh, every seminar I've ever been in where they taught about prayer, uh, pretty much they taught you to do all the things that Jesus told us not to do in right. prayer. And they taught us to do them in ways that Jesus said, not to do them. And so we totally, not only do we ignore him personally, but we ignore what he has has said to us and what instructions he has given to us just because we like the way some preacher preached it or, you know, we like like the sermon that we heard about or, or something. And so it just, if we can't get past those kinds of concepts, then we can <clears throat> never even get down to understanding uh, what spiritually minded is and what carnally minded is and how we how we step into one or the other of, of those particular zones. I guess I just I just had this weird experience where I even thought about the salvation prayer being like a magic prayer. It's like, yeah. like, do people think that you can just live this life and then just have a magic prayer? And if you can get someone to say the magic prayer, you, you know what I mean? Like I started thinking about yeah. how we have really treated this. Like if we say it, if we say yeah. these words in the name of Jesus, whew, then you're going to go to heaven. That, that does yeah. sound like a little bit of a magical, in, what is the word? Incantation. Can, cantation. Incantation. 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 Yeah. So, you know, you know, I was talking about this, this whole thing about, uh, you know, there's a world system mm-hmm. out here, and 
what, what's interesting, you know, the Apostle John said, said anybody who, ha, who has the love of the world in them doesn't have the love of the Father in them. Uh, that, that's a pretty powerful That's very statement. strong. And, and then he goes on to say, because all that's in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So from that statement, we understand that everything in the, in the world system, every religious aspect of the world system, every business aspect of the world system, every political aspect of the world, anything that is not based on uh, the Word of God operating by love is, is actually designed to have an appeal to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the mm-hmm. eyes, and the pride mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. And so you start realizing there's, there's something that works in the world and whatever that something is, uh, and most of us understand to a great degree what it is, but whatever that something is, is something that will take me down a path where, uh, where it's, got, it's, gonna, it's gonna be all about self-gratification. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be all about, or, or the pride of life. It's gonna be about, about my ego and my need to be right and all, and all these kinds of things. But ultimately, it's going to put me in a situation that is diametrically opposed to uh, the kingdom principles that Jesus spent his entire ministry teaching us, and we totally, totally ignore. Yes. <clears throat> this so, is a whole, what so, you just said is a lifetime of layers of learning. Because oh, yeah. I know if I would have yeah. even heard you say that five years ago, I would have been processing differently. I'm like, okay, these are layers of understanding how yeah. the world system is so deeply ingrained into everything that we are in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The So many of people's conversations or prayers for God are exactly based around this, is, is people's yeah. love for the world. Yes. So God... You're you're big and almighty. How do I get you to come and satisfy my cravings in the world system? Yeah, yeah. It, but in this yes, world system. Yeah. And so, again, my what I'm experiencing in this world. Okay, it might be a little chaotic, might be a little difficult, might be a little bit hard. However, it might be, it might not just be going the way I thought. But God, you're supposed to fix that. Yes. And so yes. it's so it's true, how God. to get him in mm. to adjust my external life so things are right. going better for me. That is yeah, typically like other, how yeah. people, you know, manufacture yeah. their prayers and trying to get God in their life. And basically what, what most people call faith is really just manipulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> how can I manipulate and put pressure on God? To do what I want, not just do what I want, but do what I want the way I want it done. Now, how can I, how can I live an irresponsible life? No consequences. You know, I mean, we're just always looking for the shortcut. Mm -hmm. We're just, and we're always looking for the way to to attempt to get to do these things. The hard part is when others fail us. Okay. And so we have these, these interpersonal relationships you know, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a friendship, whether it be, you know, a, a, a person, leader, children in your life. And it's just like, God, they're messing up so much. And because of that, my life is more difficult. You know, how do I, yeah. you know, make them stop doing what they're doing? So they'll stop hurting me. So they'll stop hurting me. You know, I'm convinced that particularly in the area of intercession, 
that again, almost everything we've been taught about intercession is really borderline yeah. witchcraft. We are trying to put a spell on people. We're trying, or trying to get God to put a spell yeah. on people, uh, not to accomplish His will, but like you said, to get yeah. them to make my life better, yeah. get them to live in a way that my life is easier. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it's just amazing how messed up all this is. But all of this, all of this is based on the carnal mind. Mm. Now, the carnal mind, the word carnal does not mean uh, wicked or, you know, super evil. The word carnal, more than anything else, just means natural. Mm. It's, it's just the natural way of thinking if you are in harmony with the world system. If you, you know, if you think success comes the way that, you know, that, uh, that, they, that they taught you in business school, if you think that uh, marriage is you know, you know, it's based on certain values and whatever. Uh, and if those things are not in harmony with what Jesus taught, and you know, and I've said this so much recently, and I know people probably get sick of hearing me say this, <clears throat> but we ignored Jesus' teachings just so blatantly and and defiantly, because you know Jesus will say he'll say so, so here's a here's a parable of the kingdom and we read that and we go oh no Jesus that's not a parable of the kingdom that's about how to get born again mm-hmm. you know you know it, it amazes me how many times um, the scripture is really really clear about this is what we're talking about and people to- will totally ignore that that because that creates the context people will totally ignore that context and lift that teaching out to make it say whatever they want to say. My, my, my two uh, examples always comes to mind, first of all, is, uh, you know, uh, because of my book Apocalypse, and so many people, you know, the testimonies of so many people was that by reading the book Apocalypse, it was the first book about the end times that they ever read that didn't scare them, that encouraged mm. them, that built up their <laughs> faith and made them feel like that they could win. And so because of that, you know, people write me all the time asking me these questions. Well, what's really interesting, the book of Revelation and and the word apocalypse comes just right there in the first couple of verses uh, where where it says in the English something like, uh, you know, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, that word revelation comes from uh, the Greek word for apocalypse. Now, Uh, you know, always talking about how we have redefined words. And because we have redefined words, we will read what's in the Bible. We will say those words. And we think saying that word makes it scriptural, but we will say it with a totally different meaning, a totally different per- uh, purpose, a totally different uh, uh, intention than wh- what God was actually saying to us. But so, you know, the word apocalypse now pretty much, Everybody considers the word apocalypse to mean, you know, a great worldwide cat- cataclysmic event that destroys everything. Well, no, it's it's a revelation. And so when people contact me, and I, boy, I get this all the time, man, they're scared, they're afraid to read the book of Revelation. When they try to read it, they get so confused. They can't understand what's going on. And ever, ever a horrible thing, and they're just scares the daylights out of them. Well, remember, Jesus said, seek and you shall find. And one of the things you understand from the language of that verse is, it's not just a casual statement that, you know, if you seek something long enough hard, excuse me, long enough and hard enough, you're going to find it. But it also implies that you find what you seek. Yes, exactly. And if you're not seeking the same thing that God is offering, 
then you're not going to find what God's offering. Mm -hmm. So in the book of Revelation, people will read the book of Revelation and, and you know, they get consumed with the Antichrist. Who is he? What does 666 mean? Mm -hmm. You know, where's he going to come from? You know, what's going to happen? This, that. And, and, and the point of, of, of the book, according to what Jesus said at the very beginning, was, I'm going to show you a revelation of Jesus Christ. And so when I'm reading all of these horrible things that are going to happen in planet Earth, the main thing I need to be seeing and understanding is, okay, I need to see Jesus in this. I need to see how he's going to deliver us. I need to see how he's going to help us. I need to, you know, in other words, I, I don't need to know all about the Antichrist. I need to know about the Christ. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there's several places in the Bible. You know, you know, uh, Revelation 17 and 18, you know, you know I'm doing this new series on uh, Mystery Babylon. And uh, we kind of have a similar situation because Revelation 17, you know, one of the angels speaks to John and says, I'm going to show you the judgment of the harlot, of the, of the great harlot. Mm -hmm. And we know that the great harlot is Mr. Babylon. But what's interesting, uh, over the years, you know, when I would talk to people about that, they were they were just, they felt like they needed to know everything about the, about the harlot. They needed to know everything about the beast, everything right. about the seven heads and ten horns. And, and so they overwhelmed themselves and put their focus on all these things that's not going to help them one bit because the angel didn't say, I'm going to show you the harlot and the devil. He said, no, I'm going to show you the judgment of the harlot. And, and, and this is going to bring you peace to know that this world system is, is going to collapse and it is going to end. Very and good. I am going to deliver Very you from good. this. Very good. You know, uh, I, I, another one just kind of popped in my mind. You know, later in the book of Revelation, it says, and those who die by the sword will live by the sword. And man, I've, I've heard all kinds of crazy interpretations about that. But what's interesting is in context, it's talking about the people that are living by the sword are the ones that are you know, murdering people and persecuting people. And and he says, this is the patience of the saints. These people that think they're winning now, they're not going to win. They're not going to prevail. Evil is not going to take over the human race. But again, we just have this thing of thinking as a carnal mind. Mm -hmm. If I, I, I can control all of this, if I can just get to where I can understand this, I can control all this information. And really, I don't I don't really have to personally connect with God. I don't have to be following God. And so I end up ignoring the one most consistent teachings of the end times, which is he who has an ear to hear, let him hear <laughs> what the Spirit is saying. And, and so because I'm not looking at Jesus, not even listening to Jesus, and I'm trying to pay attention to Jesus, I'm overwhelmed with fear, and, and, I'm, and I'm thinking that somehow or another I'm going to find safety in un, unraveling all this kind of stuff. Then the real truth is my very pursuit, because it is carnal, it, I'm, I want to be in control. I want to think I can control things. I want, you know, I want to think that my knowledge is going to be enough to deliver me. So I'm really totally carnally minded in those situations, which means you know, if you sow to the flesh, you reap from the flesh. It just, it's just that simple, which means I am not sowing to the spirit. Therefore, I am not planning something in my heart that can help me through all of these horrible things that are coming on planet okay, Earth. Okay, when you say, if I sow to the flesh, I reap in the flesh, and if I sow to yep. the Spirit, I reap in the Spirit, would that have yep. to do, and this is actually a question, would that have to do with 
all my thoughts, all my focus, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just wondering when you say, so is that sowing seeds of, cause I think of seeds when you say, so I'm, I'm going oh. pretty literal here. Right. So am I, am I, are, are my, are, are all my thoughts seeds, all my focus seeds that I'm sowing into either the spirit well, all, yeah, or the all flesh? Of, well, yeah, but, the, but there's a little bit of a okay. paradox here. One of the things I always try to make clear to people is this. Uh, for a believer, mm-hmm. now, it's, it's so important we understand this. And, man, I'm, I get so frustrated at some of the stuff that people are, you know, they're self-proclaimed theologians, and, and they think they know all these things. They're, and they're probably trying to help people, but it's like, good grief, are you confused? You know, uh, uh, let's, let's go back a little bit. And make sure so I can work my way to this answer, because remember that remember John said that all that is in the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. So you start realizing, okay, the world's system revolves around gratifying, you know, the, the the desires of my five senses gratifying and stimulating my ego and and uh, uh, and actually using my eyes to create a lust in my heart yeah. for for, okay. the, for the things that yeah. I see so so we are not slaves to sin anymore but with our choices, we can choose to be a slave to sin again, because when we got born again, we got a new mm-hmm, nature, mm-hmm. and it's a righteous nature. But that doesn't mean that because I've got a righteous nature, that does not mean that all of that automatically happens. It doesn't mean that, all right, I'm just, you know, everything's going to go right now. You know, God's going to do everything I need for me. But, and, and, and all of this gets us into spiritually minded. But the Apostle Paul, who was the greatest, probably the greatest intellectual and spiritual mind in the world when he wrote all of these epistles and particularly, you know, the, the, the book of Romans, which is which is a is a is an intellectual, spiritual masterpiece. But so he points out in there that. We are we are slaves, even though we've been legally set free. We become a slave to whatever we choose to yield our members to. Oh, now you know people always talk about how that, and and I was really one of the first people that pointed out the fact that behavioral modification is not a heart thing, and you know I started trying to help people understand that you can change your behaviors, you still as corrupt as the day is long. Uh, but but at the same time, behavior is important, and because uh, literally in the Greek, when it talks about uh, sin working in our members, that's not talking about having a sin nature, because the word members is literally body parts. Okay, it is talking about so, so, something that is working in our physical body uh, that is always craving yeah. to smell what smells yeah. good, taste something that tastes good, hear something that sounds good. You know, you know the five senses, and then of course, then we, we get into the whole ego, and so, and so, uh, Paul is making this distinction that says, "Now you're not a slave to sin. You have, but." Righteousness is not just a state. 
Righteousness is actually a power that works in our heart mm. and is given to us as a free gift. Now, one of the places that we get lost, by the way, about righteousness is that, uh, and, and particularly in your modern translations, the word justified and the word righteous are usually used as if they are synonyms. And many times when I'm teaching about justifications, I'll make some allusion to what justification really means, but I won't labor on it too much unless I'm in a college-level class or with people that that are willing to pay attention long enough that I can help them get the point. Justification has more to do with the legal declaration that that you are uh, positionally connected to God in a way that only comes by mm. righteousness, but it's not righteousness. Mm -hmm. It is, the, it is the legal document, the legal position. So when people talk about, you know, who we are positionally in Jesus, uh, really they're talking about justification. Mm -hmm. But justification is not something that you are experiencing. There is a, because justification says you don't have to be afraid of God anymore. Like, like Abraham was counted as righteousness or as righteous. So, so that's... That's not the exact same thing in the New Testament, but that's kind of what it says. Positionally, God is relating to you as if there is no flaws in you. So you have you have no reason to be afraid of God. You have no reason to believe that God would ever turn you down about anything. You have no reason to fear if you make mistakes, you just stand up on it and 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 deal with it and go forward. Uh, but but we make the choice to go into the next stage of our walk because the next stage of our journey in Jesus is sanctification. Now, buddy, no 21st century believer has any interest in hearing about sanctification because they don't understand it. They don't, they got some legalistic concept of what it means. But see, sanctification is something that occurs when based on the fact that we realize we've been born again, we realize we've been given the free gift of righteousness, but we want to go through transformation. See, transformation is where that which is within you permeates the rest of your being. It's not trying to, be, you're not trying to get righteous. You're trying to put on righteousness. And, that, you know, Paul uses that, those very specific words, put off the old man, put on the new man. So you're not trying to get it. You're not trying to become it. You're not trying to earn it. You're just saying, oh, if I've got this in me and God is relating to me as if I am the finished product, even though, even though my behavior may fall way short of the finished product, but still I'm going to choose to set myself apart, number one, apart from the world system, mm -hmm. apart from sin and death and destruction and all of that kind of stuff. But I'm, but I'm also going to realize that sanctification uh, about what I'm setting myself unto uh, is is really, in some yes, ways, yes. more important than what I'm setting myself mm -hmm. apart from. You know, I think we talked about this back a few months ago. You know, when Abraham. Uh, was was roaming around trying to figure out where he was supposed to go. There, there's there's one place in there where it talks about that Abraham pitched his tent mm -hmm. 
toward Bethel and his back was toward Ai. And remember, Ai is the trash heap. It's the mm. world. Bethel is the house of God. Mm. And so there, you know, there, there comes a time where we have to make the decision, am I going to put off the old man and leave the trash heap behind? And am I going to pursue who I really am? Am I going to bring all of my being into harmony with who I really am in Jesus? And so that is a decision. And so Paul talks about this, and you know, we'll, we'll read some scriptures. And as always, you know, this kind of stuff, we always have a pretty in-depth uh, introduction so that we have a foundation mm-hmm. to build mm-hmm. on. So all of this is what is incredibly valuable mm-hmm. and has a lot of wealth of, of, of understanding mm-hmm. in it. Uh, is still is still the foundation. But when when Paul says, you know, that uh, uh, you know, put on put on the new man who in Christ Jesus, you know, is raised up in righteousness, da, 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 da. And and then he says, and you know, don't yield yourselves to sin because even though you have been legally set free, experientially you can still become a slave to whatever you choose. And he said, and to to whoever you yield your members to, you become that that a slave to whoever whoever or whatever you yield your members wow. to. And so many people are not choosing sanctification. I don't think people know what it looks like. I, like I said, I think most people have a real legalistic concept of what sanctification is. But the point is this: this is where. When a desire comes up in me, any kind of desire, no matter what it is, the desire itself is not the problem. There is always a biblically based way to fulfill all of our desires by going to God and choosing to turn to Him personally and harmonize ourselves with Him. You know, uh, let Him lead us into the fulfillment of of whatever promise we need. There's that way, or, or I can say, okay, well, wait a minute. You know, I can go over here and do this because this is what I did when I was when I was under sin. This is what I did when I was in the world. This is how I got this to work for me. So every desire puts us in a position to choose. And we're either going to choose based on a carnal mind, a carnal thinking, or we're going to choose based on spiritual thinking. And one is always going to take us to sin unto death or to righteousness unto life. So. I think that's a pretty oh good foundation for, for where we want to go in all well, this. You, the rant you just had was <laughs> incredible. I I am going to have to rewind that over and over. Your, I don't think we've ever just, in all these years together, I don't think we've ever talked about sanctification on that kind yep. of level. Um, well, what's interesting, we have... But I have usually deliberately avoided using yes, that word. We've talked yeah. about transformation. We've, de- but I've never yeah. like. I mean, back in Bible school when Bob and I met in Texas in 1983, the whole big debate was justification and sanctification. And remember that Bob and everyone was always <laughs> talking about it. I was like, but I mean, it's always learning on these levels. And I just, I just finally put the word sanctification 
onto the next level, but it's throughout our entire being, being sanctified. I'm just hearing is such an inspiration and invitation that God is working in me Mm -hmm. and his presence is around me, Mm -hmm. in me, through me, surrounding all those things and setting my part self apart from the world system and into the reality of Jesus. And, um, you know, we've only, we've only got a couple minutes left. So so let me just make one more statement. So where, where, what got us on that big, long yeah, rant yeah, was, yeah. Uh, you know, am I, is it a wholesale thing where I'm either carnal or I'm spiritual? No. no. We weave into the world system or we weave into the kingdom system in every decision. So there are areas in our lives where we trust God uh, and and so we're getting ready to make a decision. It's easy for us to believe God in that area. Maybe we've walked yes. it out in our character. So we, so so it, it's not no, a wholesale. I'm either, not a I'm either or carnal or spiritual. It's an absolute journey, and yeah. it's leaving levels within topics. You yeah. might think, but there's gonna there's gonna be those places where it's like, man, you know what? I, I usually lose this battle every yeah. time I try to win. So I'm just you know you just gotta go ahead and surrender to the lowest common denominator, and and it ends up. Not working. I have, I, it was just the other day I was on a walk and I started thinking, you know, in some areas of my life, I have journeyed through so much in a very such intentional of busting through every living belief and establishing and persuading my heart. And my heart beliefs are just like, they feel like they're in stone, like they're done. Yeah. And then there's other areas of my life. It's like, I'm on this journey, but I can actually clearly see which ones I'm on. And yep. And am I sanctified? Well, it's a journey of all of these things. Well, and you know, and, and this is kind of—I I don't know if this is perfect usage of the terminology, yeah. but you know, you can say in this area I'm sanctified. Yeah. yeah. Because I, you know, I've set myself apart yeah. from where I could yeah. go or where I used to go, and I've set myself apart unto God to follow Him into the promises that He has made yeah. to me. And, you know, I, every time we talk about something like this, I always think about the decision that you guys went through about deciding how you were going to relate to money. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. And so, something that had been a stumbling block for you for years, right. you decided. I decided. I'm going to face it, this. But I'm going to deal with this. it was about 10 a good 10 years, I would say it continues to be, but man, am I in a different place? Like I don't yeah. worry about money. And I always, that was a very, yeah, I'm saying, and I feel very sanctified when it comes to abundance and pro, and just God's mm. heart for me. Um, and now I still have some areas in health that I'm still on my journey. And, but I, I in the last couple of weeks, I've experienced something that felt like it was one of those milestones. Do you know when you, you're you leading up yep. to something and all of a sudden you're like, okay, there was a significant thing that happened in my secret place that Jesus journeyed me to that I was ready to hear. It got yep. done and I feel like, wow, that was a sanctification moment. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's the introduction. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, what really kind of led to this was, Audrey, your thought of, you know, sowing to the flesh or to the spirit, which is, you know, mm-hmm. out of Galatians uh, 6. And those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest a decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live or sow to the to please the spirit will 
have a harvest of everlasting life from the spirit. And so we're going to continue the conversation of what it is to be spiritually minded. Yeah. Wow. Really good. I love this topic. It's been a lot of fun. All right. Jim, you're, you're so smart. You're in, you know, no, you, you know what? we are all infinitely uh, I, intelligent because of who lives I, inside I, you of You know, us. I just, I, I am, I just steal information from yeah, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I say you're yeah, infinitely yeah. intelligent, just like me and Bob. We all are. And the listener. We all are. That's right. We've got there Jesus. Go. I love it. All okay. right. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy it. See you next time. Bye-bye.